This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Push for time. Can you sum it up in a word? No. The sound? Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play. That is that. What a shot. ago, Swindon Town had just recorded a 2-1 win over Barrow. Head coach Ben Garner had given Swindon the advantage of securing a playoff place ahead of the final day trip to Walsall, which would be followed by over 3,500 town fans at the Bescot. Heck, there was even a very outside chance of automatic promotion. Alas, it wasn't to be as Swindon suffered penalty shootout heartbreak at Vale Park. The past year has seen a slow exodus of that squad. McCurdy, Payne, Hunt, Watercott, Ward, Egbo, and then Reed and Gladwin would follow. The lure of Charlton Athletic proved too much for Ben Garner and off he went shortly after the season ended. No stone was left unturned, however, and after a lengthy search... Garner's assistant, Scott Lindsay, replaced him, but walked out of the club himself in January 2023. At the end of the January transfer window, Jody Morris arrived with only Johnny Williams available to him from that 2021-22 first team squad. Surrounded by potential, inexperience and the exciting return of Charlie Austin, it didn't go well. 18 games were managed, only four of those games were won, four were drawn and 10 were lost. Form that was worse than Colin Todd's reign of terror in the early 2000s. 
On Monday evening, a statement was released by the club, stating Swindon Town can today confirm it has parted company with first-team head coach Jody Morris and his assistant Ed Brand. Morris, 44, was appointed at the end of January in what was his first senior management role in the game, and was later followed to the county ground by assistant Ed Brand in early March. We would like to thank both Jody and Ed for their contribution and efforts since joining the football club, and wish them all the very best in the future. Our aim when they took over was to push on and finish the second half of the season strongly, but as a club, we haven't achieved our objectives. With just one more league game remaining before we reach the conclusion of the season, we feel now is the right time to take a fresh approach as we look to bring success back to this great club for 2023-24. Work is well underway to find our next manager with an announcement in due course. Steve Mildenhall and Gavin Gunning will take charge of our final EFL Skybet League 2 fixture at home to Crawley on Monday the 8th of May kickoff at 12.30. Joining me for this emergency pod is Dan. Hello Dan. I I suppose this explains why Jody Morris wasn't in the budget conversation. Uh, yes, that's one way one way of putting it. Um, this club, man. Four-day weekend. It's been lovely. Cricket season started. I, I was trying to put football on the bloody back burner. Trying to just have a nice summer. But is Jody Morris going to have a nice summer? Did he want to go? Has he been sacked? Oh, I don't know. By the time we finish recording, I'm sure uh, by the time we release it, certainly more will have become clear. We just seem to be such a hilarious club at the minute. Yes. Yes, this is very much a reaction pod because there are a lot of questions still from that statement and knowing Swindon it's you kind of half expect Ed Brand to turn up (laughs) as the new head coach but it does sound like they're both gone I think the first question is have they been sacked has Jody Morris and Ed Brand chose to walk away or is it a little bit of column A a little bit of column B because if you know Rob Angus or Clem Fooney phoned Jody Morrison said, do you want to do this? I don't think Morris would have went, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's go. Um, so we'll see. But if they have been sacked, then there's compensation there. So quite the move given recent weeks and months. You talk about column A and column B there. There's there's quite significant price implications depending on uh, what it is. I mean, I was thinking earlier, Morris leaving with this not going well, you know his stock is probably a little bit, a little bit damaged actually. You know, coming to a big club at this level and taking them from sixth to what are we tenth, but about fifteen points off the playoffs. It's certainly not the rocket start, highly reputable under twenty threes, under eighteens Premier League academy coach is, was looking to get on the CV. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm sure he's probably still got. St. Johnston job, a few other jobs like he could walk into. But me, I'm I'm conflicted. I I don't know how to feel about this. I was out on a family bike ride. I just said hello to Gabs Benoni of the Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge. He was out walking the dog. Things were peaceful. A bit like the Titanic before it hit the iceberg. You know, it was a still calm. The season was just tootling towards a conclusion that couldn't quite come fast enough. But when you when you make that appointment, which and and it was you know, a big, big name appointment for Swindon Town in Tier 4. And you go to such lengths to bring in another highly reputable youth coach to assist Morris. It was Morris's man. He really wanted him. 
you know, it took six weeks to appoint Brand, and he's been in post seven weeks. It's probably something like that, isn't it? Um, and and he gave an interview with BBC Radio Wiltshire in the last few days that went down very very well with supporters. Ed Brand. Yeah, and so yeah, like, after making that appointment and giving Morris, was it a two and a half year deal, Rich? I mean, it, even at best, it's an eighteen month deal. There's quite there's quite the payoff there for what is probably one of our better paid managers of this generation, which kind of brings me back to Colin B. I would love to know what's actually gone on. I don't know some of the stuff um, you were hinting at, Rich, earlier. You know, it does sound like there's uh, perhaps a bit more at play. Is that fair? Maybe, maybe. Before we go into theories, conspiracies, and what happens next. We're football fans. Let's talk about the reality mm. of the Jody Morris era. And that, it was a disaster. 18 games, yeah. four wins, four draws, and 10 losses. And if, if this is him starting game one in August, he's going at this stage. But I, like many other fans, recognise that he didn't have a transfer window. We were stripped of our better players, or many of our better players, and he was given a hell of a centre-forward in Charlie Austin, but not a lot else. So there's a debate in favour of Jody Morris for what's happened to Swindon this year. I, I, I certainly think it's been a, a team effort <laughs> across Swindon Town for the spiral that, that we encountered, but that form was not good. No, certainly not. So yeah, we, purely for a football lens, from about minute 15 of his first game, things started to unravel. Uh, with the Hepburn Murphy shove in the chest of the, the Newport right back, which made that game a massive uphill struggle. And of course we went defeat, defeat. Uh, I mean, that Sutton one still sticks in the throat a bit with the two late goals. There was a brief stir, wasn't there? We go win, win, draw up at Salford, beating Harrogate, and then what looked like a sort of, you know, what was hopefully going to be a bit of a coming of age performance for Morris's reign at Leighton Orient, where a patched up side looked really solid, did well, competed. Unfortunately, that was not the gateway to better things. That was um, what followed then was what was it? Seven games without a win, a couple of draws in there. And then another false dawn almost with the um, couple of victories in the draw recently. But it's a worse squad than we had in the first half of the season. Players sold by the club and replaced by younger, more inexperienced models. All the eggs in the Austin basket. As we've seen the the Austin spell go on, You know he has looked more of what I feared when I watched the Brisbane Raw game back in late December, early Jan. It did look a bit like past his South by date, but you know, as Gav Gunning showed, really there there is more you could coax out of this squad. You could be more adventurous, a bit more exciting. I know it's a very small sample size with Gunning, but Morris hasn't, to my mind, improved many players, if any. You could say Hepburn Murphy coming back to fitness. You can't really scratch that one up to Morris. Um McEachern was a good free sign in using Morris's connections. Bruitt's come in as a reasonable stopgap and been fully committed, if not fantastic footballer. Just yeah, I mean, if this was the hand Morris was dealt, he really hasn't eked out what he needed to to save his job. Um, things have got progressively worse, unfortunately. We, we we talked about this over multiple pods during the bleaker part of Jody Morris's tenure. Um, I was at Newport away, and it it was very cold in terms of new dawn. 
there was no enthusiasm. There were there were no Jody Morris chants in the away end. It, it was just like here he is. There's Ed Brand with Sandra Di Michele pre-match because Ed Brand can't be in the dugout, and it it just didn't feel right. And I will say it's it's never felt like a fit. I wanted Jody Morris to be our first 100 plus games manager since Mark Cooper and for stability of the club and for the club's obsession with youth developed minded coaches I wanted this to work but Jody Morris has never given that outward feeling that he was ever bothered to be here really I mean if you you know we spoke a lot about the it's them not me he's he's constantly put in those less than thinly veiled comments in press conferences. And he's barely ever had a smile on his face and done that thing that even John McGrill did in the first five minutes of his tenure and went, it's Swindon Town. You know, he, he it's never felt like Jody Morris was really here. Perhaps from very early, perhaps from very early doors, he realised that this wasn't going to work. I don't know. There has been a feeling that, He's almost been trying to nudge people to make a decision on his behalf, but that's conspiracy. But there's never been a moment where Jody Morris has been seemingly up for it. And I don't expect it to be like the other side of the spectrum where, you know, when a win happens, you've got Scott Lindsay thumping the badge and and giving it the big one. But there was never an in-between. No, uh, sadly, much like our season, it never got going. Very few high moments. A sad ending. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he has acted somewhat consistently like a man. He's been sold a kipper, be that in terms of the squad he was asked to work with. In the early days of his tenure, you had transfer deadline day, where, you know, on record, it sounded like we missed out on a central midfielder and ended up getting Kaji last minute. The Kaji signing's been a disaster. Sorry, Dylan. You know, much documented missing out on Malachi Fagan Walcott, which would have given us another centre half. Centre half's a position we've perennially struggled with since Morris has been at the club. Sticky Pasta signing in Brewitt. Morris was needlessly reluctant to play Minton. I think Minton has deputised really well when he's come in. Quite a few players, senior players. Not playing, injured. That's always a little bit of a worry bead, I think. Venient injuries in the sort of dead rubbers. The Charlie Austin one, probably being the headline one, you know, being asked to travel up to Tranmere, but not wanting to go. Not being able to do two games in four days, despite the fact, for some of these weeks anyway, we were still, you know, all right, we needed snookers to get in the playoffs, but it still was a possibility. So why wouldn't you be taking your, your best squad somewhere? I don't know. To what you said earlier, Rich, perhaps this was a man looking to force his employer's hand. What's the opposite of constructive dismissal? <laughs> <laughs> Things that are like filtering out of like the stream of consciousness when you when, when this news has emerged is like, well, where does this where does this leave George McEachran? Yeah. You know, he was firmly a Jody Morris signing. Um and Yes, we've got a option on him, and I'm sure he's keen to stick around, I hope. But Mandela Egbo was staying at one stage, wasn't he? And I think the difference there is that he didn't have an option, but off to Charlton he went. 
So I think mm. it, it, more things are up in the air. This is probably the best time to sack a manager or a manager or head coach to walk away because we have that huge run and jump. But as a lot of fans are highlighting, well, the club tend to take their time. They must have somebody lined up. They must be acting on somebody being available and being wanted for this for this to happen, whether that's David Artel, whether that's Daryl Clark or whatever. They don't have a huge reputation for acting quickly, Morfuni and Rob Angus in this in this particular part of the business. So yeah, I'm gonna be really interested how the, the next days or weeks follow um well, progress after this. Yeah. Well you mentioned Morfuni, chairman, owner, Angus, CEO with a finance background. I think, you know, he's there to run the sort of business side of the club. But the one you haven't mentioned there is obviously someone who is still in post, Sandro Di Michele, our technical director, someone who, it must be over a month now, rumour after rumour, you know, murmuring after murmuring, he's gone, he's going, he's gone, his office is stripped out. You know, he's the one who appointed Lindsay, he's the one that appointed Morris, Has he just sacked Morris? Is he still in post? Uh, I I suppose a reasonable question might be, who's done the sacking? If it is a sacking. Who's doing the hiring? If we're hiring. This club's a flipping mess, man. And even whatever Sandro does, it still gets signed off from above. Not going to pretend I know how the the mechanics of football Mm. work, but I'm more than sure... Sporting directors and directors of football have identified candidates as the person they want to proceed. And then the people above have gone, nah, you know, more than sure Morfuni met up with Morris more than once. And I'm, I'm always thinking to myself, like, you've got Dave Artel, modest career versus Jody Morris who can tell stories about Viali and Zola <laughs> you know and it's and it and at this level you can be really sold by it and you've charmed me yeah you've charmed me when do you start and of course as I've said multiple times he ticks so many of those youth development boxes where he was at the higher end of the scale because he came from one of the most elite of academies previously. Same with Ed Brand. I, I generally was excited by Ed Brand's arrival because, and that's why people spent a month and a half fretting about it, because it it looked like a genuinely big signing for the town to make because of him being within that world-famous academy at the time of our approach. So it, it, it's, it's, oh, it's just nuts, isn't it? But I'm not sat here in a rage. I'm not sat here going, same old Swindon, we've done it again. I, I must subconsciously be happier with this decision than, than maybe I thought I would be. Maybe. I don't know. It, yeah. It'll take me a couple of days to process, but it, it, I don't yeah. think this is the, the worst news in the world because like the very basic football fan of me just looks at his form and his and his interview style and his treatment of his star player which we don't know the ins and outs of and we'll talk about Charlie Austin in a little while but that stuff doesn't work down here in in the lower leagues especially when Charlie Austin's been brought in to great euphoric 
<laughs> to a great euphoric reaction, sold a lot of shirts, will sell season tickets once it's confirmed he's sticking around. And as we said, or as you said before we turned on the record, imagine if Charlie Austin doesn't stick around now. Oh, look, you've spoken a bit there about Morris and Brand's pedigree in a coaching world. But sadly, have we seen any substantive evidence of what they do five days a week on the training ground, filtering into Swindon Town's performances? I don't think we have. I think there's also been a failure to recognise some of the individual personnel in the squad. So something, you know, I'll bleat about until I'm blue in the face. The type of forward that is at Swindon Town currently. Charlie Austin, second striker. Luke Jeffcott, second striker. Jacob Wakelin, second striker, come wide forward. Hepburn Murphy, second striker, come wide forward. There is not that centre-forward type to play one central striker, which Morris has almost exclusively done. And so whilst I have a lot of sympathy at the state of the squad he inherited, there, there hasn't been enough improvement, there hasn't been enough willingness to adapt slightly, you know, tweak a formation to suit Jeff Cotton Austin together, try them together. And you know what? <laughs> Again, come back to the fact, you know, I'm sure for the first month he would have been giving it full beans, but his demeanour in interviews, the way he seemingly, you know, frozen out group of players and fallen out with the king, you know, they say, don't they, if you shoot for the king, you better not miss. I think Morris is ultimately looking like a man who maybe did want to did wanna get the chop. We spoke about him having spoilt brat energy in a previous pod. Is there a little bit of, actually, now I'm here and now I've seen the training ground and I've seen the volunteers delivering the meal deals for the players. Is this all a bit beneath me, actually? And the best thing for my career, you know, I'll take a bit of a hit on this swindled stint, not going very well, but I'll get out while I can and I will land a new job. That's say a St Johnston or, or something like that. But once again, it's Swindon Town who are the pawn in whatever power struggles going on, whatever Joni Morris's career is thinking. But here we are, nine thousand, ten thousand hardy souls who just want to see some wins, <laughs> want to see things progress. But how do you how do you develop a football club when everything's so bloody short term? Morris was supposed to be the highly thought out, progressive managerial pit. And I go back to our comments back in January. I was excited. I think most were. I remember talking in advance of his appointment when it seemed to be a two-horse race between Artal and Morris. Might be a bit disrespectful to David Artal, and who knows, he might be our next manager. But Artal is clearly less sexy, but was more practical. I think he would have done a, a steady job. I think the comment I made on Morris at the time was, obviously, with bigger risk comes potentially bigger reward. But also the flip side of that is the inverse potentially bigger disaster. I think that's what we've got. Yeah. Here we are. The new appointment will mean that 17% of the recruitment since Jimmy Quinn was sacked in 2000 will have been by Clem Mulfooney, which is, which is crazy considering he's not even been here two years. Also very unfortunate because Ghana, again, you probably recruited to be long-term, got lured in by by uh, the bright lights of London and Charlton. That went well. Um, and then Scott Lindsay, uh, 
You know, you would have expected him to have been like, I'm in the football league as a head coach. I'm sticking around regardless of what what happened internally and what fans thought of him. He walked away. And now we've we've sacked Jody Morris, the third in less than two years. And now we're going to have a fourth. It's It's not something that you want as an owner to have that reputation. It's, it's very low key, but four in two years is either sensational bad luck or appalling recruitment. Yeah. It, well, it points to there being something more sy- systemically wrong. And it's, it's a real shame. Because actually, when you look back at those opening weeks of the Clem Morfuni ownership, there was such decisive, clear action. And we congratulated them at the time. You know, within days of the ownership uh, changing hands from Lee Power to Clem Morfuni, there were, you know, everything had been lined up, hadn't it? Ben Chorley was coming in as director of football. Ben Garner had been sounded out as the new manager. We found him an assistant with a reasonable CB and Scott Marshall. We soon added Scott Lindsay to that. Recruitment happened very, very quickly. And that really was the best it it got under Clem Morfini. You know, we then had a very enjoyable kind of against all odds season last year. If Josh Davison or Harry McCurdy could take a penalty, then who knows where we'd be right now. But the decision-making since Port Vale away, and, and all right, bad luck with Ghana. You know, that happens when you have a bit of success. Generally, people get nabbed from Swindon Town. That's, that's life. But the decision-making since has been appalling. It's been self, self-damaging. And then, unfortunately, you've had that spiral, and here we are. <laughs> Here we are on manager number four coming up. Ben Garner's exit started around the 25th of May last year. Ben Chorley's resignation was announced on the 30th of May. And the latest sporting director, the boogeyman himself, Sandra DiMichele, was was appointed on the 6th of June of last year. And doesn't feel like rocket science, does it? God, no. God, no. Um, well, before Morris was sacked... I found myself in a bit of a Twitter debate earlier um, talking about take the best team in the league late in Orient because the league table doesn't lie. Um, good manager, experienced football man as director of football in Martin Ling and above Ling, business head, experienced football CEO in Mark Devlin. And then compare that to what Swindon Town started the season with to your, your equivalents, you know, CEO, my friend and former trust colleague, Rob Angus, who, you know, salt of the earth bloke. I'll stand by that all day long. He's got a background in working for Nationwide, who I also work for. Accountancy background, he's done really well in Nationwide. But that's banking, right? I think he was probably brought in as firefighter. Clem knew him from the trust. I suspect Rob has done a heck of a lot of putting out fires in the background when they first took over that club. But he's not an experienced football man. 
No one can shoot me for saying that. Technical director to replace Ben Chorley, who was a very well-connected football man. His record on recruitment in an extremely rushed and chaotic year was superb. For whatever reason, Ben Chorley moved on. I'd still love to know why. But there's definitely some shooting yourself in the foot there, Swindon Town. Because if it ain't broke, why fix it? And then to replace him with Sandro Di Michele, someone who had worked uh, in a gambling and PR background, had had a small role as part of a recruitment team at Wigan, to bring him in as head honcho. Well, you've seen the fruits of those labours with the season we've had. We're stuck on 58 points. We need something against Crawley to get past that Ken Beamish season in 82-83. Otherwise, this is our worst ever season in the fourth tier, which should absolutely alarm the people that run Swindon Town Football Club like it alarms us as a fan base. And that might be where Jody Morris has left, you know, that you, but, you don't uh, want that joint worst Are we fixing season? the wrong bit? Maybe, maybe. Because um, all the things I've said earlier, right? Morris has not helped himself in the slightest. The results have not been good. He's not really improved things. He's not shown a willingness to adapt, change, to get results. But, and this is where my head was at when I set off on this family bike ride earlier, because I wasn't expecting a second today. I was probably still leaning towards a bit of stability. You know, you can change things above Morris. That's where I was expecting change. But, you know, you made, you went out and made this statement managerial appointment. We we kind of had to give him the summer, right? Well, Give him the window. I, I talked to Terry just the other day about really it was, it was angled towards the Charlie Austin situation. And if you were to have a gun to your head, would you support your centre forward who's out of contract? Or do you support your head coach who's got years left and wants to build something and hasn't had a transfer window? Gun to your head. You go with Jody Morris each and every time, 24 hours later. <laughs> um, and Jody Morris is gone, but we don't know why. I mean, in terms of the Austin thing, you know, as soon as the announcement was announced, I, I put in quite a daft tweet that that said, Charlie Austin FC uh, <laughs> have parted ways with, with Jody Morris and... And Ed Brand, very much tongue-in-cheek, and that offended a few people who are pals in real life with Charlie Austin. But I think it's a conversation to be had because just under a month ago, we were told that our best centre-forward was not in the squad full stop against Tramier Rovers. You know, our captain and not even on the bench is because he can't do Saturday-Tuesdays. And then ever since, he's been... I think he started against Barrow. Not a good performance by Charlie Austin. And he's been on the bench ever since. Bradford, Wimbledon, Stevenage, Crew, And there have been times where he's been brought on very late in the game, where there's very little impact to be made. I mean, the two games against Bradford and Wimbledon, we didn't need him. We've seen possible tweets from Charlie Austin's wife <laughs> taking some areas, of some degree of delight in Swindon losing under Jody Morris. and. I, I, I will not retract the suggestion. There could be some influence from Charlie Austin because we we know that Charlie Austin is here because of direct negotiations with Clem Orfuni and not the head coach. And it's 
more than plausible that one of the reasons Scott Lindsay walked was because his say didn't mean anything in this. And the relationship between Sandra Di Michele and the club might have even taken a dip because it's very strongly rumoured that he didn't want... We, we saw all the tweets from, from fans in, in late December, January, suggesting that Sandro Di Michele was going to be the person responsible for Charlie Austin not signing. And then he signed, and Charlie Austin went very much on the record to say this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Clem Morfuni. So if, it's a, if it is a case that you have a good relationship with the owner and you're saying... I cannot work with this head coach. And if you want me to make an impact, if you want me to help you sell season tickets, if you want me to help you get out of League Two, then it's not going to be with with Jody Morris in charge. I don't think that's I don't think that's the craziest thing to suggest that might have happened, even if it was just fifteen percent of why Jody Morris left. Well, Rich, I think if it's not the one tree, you're certainly barking up one of the trees. <laughs> Completely agree. There there isn't one sole reason. Why you know people say it doesn't matter his his record was useless, but there's arguments against that. There were multiple reasons as to why Jody Morris has left yeah. Swindon, and some of it is down to him, some of it's down to form, some of it, some of it will be down to influence elsewhere. I'm absolutely sure of that. But what it does show, and you know, we on the pod expressed these concerns back in late December, early January. What it did show was powers that be at Swindon Town were not pulling in the same direction. Yes. And when you are a professional football club, it's hard enough to win games and get promoted when you're all pulling the same way. So the last thing we needed this season was to have ongoing power struggles between owner, technical director, manager, who then went on to leave, new manager, star forward. If Charlie Austin doesn't stay then what a bloody mess. And I don't think he will. You better stay, Charlie, son, because you hurt me <laughs> once handing in a transfer request in January. And then you came on the pod four or five years ago, Rich, and he recorded with you. And I thought, you know, he does sound genuinely sorry about what happened. I think, you know, from his podcast, I thought, you know, he he probably is going to come back one day. I really look forward to that. Yeah. When I when I say this about Charlie Austin, I'm not saying that he's the problem here, but it, it highlights that the harmony within the club isn't right. No, exactly. So if you're not all pulling the same way, lo and behold, you end up with mess. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And actually, in terms of Morfuni's long-term business acumen, you've referenced it earlier about meetings with Morris and potentially being swooned. You know, he's clearly went all in on Austin. There's an element of being swooned there. You know, you're looking at it, what faith have you got in Morfuni making right decisions, objectively removing the emotion and doing the right thing. In this last year, we're not seeing that. Why is Sandro Di Michele unsackable? Who put Sandro Di Michele there to the point where Clem can't remove him? What is going on at this club? It's, it's a very softly, softly approach to Sandro Di Michele by, by the feel of it. Yes. He's gone from being everywhere to nowhere, much like He had his own episode on the ruddy documentary. It was... <laughs> is there going to be a second series? <laughs> God, yeah. Post-Christmas would be good. Um, grim. Grim, but not the end of the world. This is not a podcast where we are going, this is the wrong decision. Goodness me, flappy, flappy, flapperton. Not at all. But it's a mess. 
you know, even if we appoint someone tomorrow, this is messy. Yeah. This is not the image you want. This is not what you want the rest of the football league to look at as, as far as Swindon Town are concerned. A fourth head coach in in less than two years is really something. Oh, well, never mind. Let's go through some listeners' contributions, starting mm-hmm. with PJ, who says, the video is how I feel. I have no words anymore uh, for this football club. Wish Jody and Ed all the best in whatever they do next. And the video is one Dan Hunt in February saying, <sighs> Simon Maslin says, hope Clem and Rob come out quickly to explain the current situation to stop speculation and the next meltdown. Very optimistic, Simon. Uh, if they don't, feeling worried that everything that's happened off the pitch has been rushed and that the Edia state spent on a sinking ship. Let's hope for a quick resolution. Amen to that. Duncan Fjortoft says, been unimpressed with Morris since the start. Results bad, interviews bad, players don't seem to like him. If the board don't feel he can move us on, and I see no signs that he can, then this is a good, positive and speedy action for once. George Mason says, extremely disappointed in Clem Mulfooney for not recognising the real problem at this football club. No manager slash head coach will ever succeed under the model we currently adopt. The Voice says, admittedly, a summer of stability would have been nice, but to me, that would have felt like sleepwalking into another crisis. Tumult now for stability once the season starts is necessary to rectify mistakes made. At least now we can have a clean slate. Jacob Isaac says, extremely costly appointment for the club. Missed out on the playoffs, low season ticket sales, expensive compensation packages, pricey playoff, and pricey payoff and now the recruitment merry-go-round starts all over again rob dinsey says well that didn't go very well for anyone feels early but hard to make a case that it was looking promising more to the point it increasingly sounded like he didn't want to be here either another big summer ahead john stevenson The implication is that STFC have no intention of recruiting an experienced spine of the team for next season, which Morris obviously thought, like the rest of us, was essential. So perhaps Sandra Di Michele stays and National League, here we come. That won't sell many season tickets. Oof. Start of the episode is fully influenced by Brendan Hobbs' tweet. I can't put it into words. I may have to break out the Spartacus Mills gif. Push for time. Can you sum it up in a word? No. A sound? Matt says, just imagine how boring it would be supporting another club. I often fantasise about it, Matt. Uh, Tom Jenkins says, initial reaction, relief. Jody Morris's points per game suggest squad was relegation fodder. And while they may not be promotion material, they were capable of more than what Jody Morris was getting. Timing is interesting. Hopefully a new director of football and head coach sorted already to rebuild ahead of pre-season. Four Trick Pony says we have a bad squad littered with bad and inexperienced players. So it was a tough job for Jody Morris. However, he couldn't get anything out of them, which I'd want from a good coach to do. His attitude also seems suspect. Early replacement plus some decent backroom appointments, please. Ian says, suppose we should be glad we didn't have to wait several weeks for confirmation of their departures. It would just be nice to have a season or two of this club being normal. Matt Hanger says, 
left it late again. It's looking touch and go as to whether we get a new manager in time for the new season. Uh, Dan Stevens, certainly this decision has come out the blue. In truth, the results and performances haven't been good enough since he's come in. Hope the club bring in someone quickly as can't afford again the shambles of last summer. Stuart Cole says shocked but mainly have a feeling of indifference. I wanted Morris to stay mainly because I felt he deserved a transfer window after January's debacle. I'm not convinced we'll get a replacement in by the start of the season. Please, please get it right and get it sorted ASAP. We can have another recruitment of weeks and weeks and weeks. Surely not. John Church says, while the squad was weak, my concern was the lack of improvement in the players. Even a bad squad should show improvements with a good manager and the results were shocking. Chris Foote, I just want some transparency around why this decision was made. Was it budgetary disagreements? Was Morris sold a lie in January. Was it down to performance? Who knows? Nick, awful. Promises of budget obviously made and then not fulfilled, so couldn't build the squad he wanted. Worrying times on the field. Jack Tanner says, never thought I'd say this, but bring back Lee Power. Steady on, Jack. Come on. Michelle says, it's a shit show. I've used this phrase over and over again. They need someone at the helm who knows how to run a football club. Their PR has been shit. I could have done better. So much more going on behind the scenes, which is worrying, allegedly. Jonathan Orchard says, next window manager, Gav Gunning. Give him the job. Thought he should have got it before. I like him. He's calm, a smart guy, and cares about the club and can motivate the players. Let's go, Gav. SN1 Insider says, hard to comment until we know whether they've walked or were pushed. The statement suggested the latter. At risk of stating the obvious, prompt action is now essential regarding a replacement. Artel, surely... Lightning Legs McGee says, I find the whole thing odd. Morris gets appointed and as the weeks go by, acts like he's surprised at the lack of quality in the squad. Did he not do his research? Then the brand fast, highly rated coach, yet nothing improved. I think interviews and his attitude overall cost him. Michael Benka says, some of the comments in recent presses suggest relationship had fallen apart, so not really surprised uh, but the club absolutely cannot go silent now whether it's Rob or Clem someone has to come out and properly explain what's going on who's running the club and what the plan is Del Smith says we are a mess Jody Morris came into this malaise didn't really have an effect on anyone or anything and now he and Ed are gone I just think we have no idea what we're doing. Simon Macy is surprised, but not too disappointed. As long as a replacement is appointed swiftly, four wins from 18, negative in his interviews and seemed distant from the players and fans. Benzel Washington, he did nothing to endear himself to the fans, so it doesn't feel like much of a loss, but you just know he'll go on and do great things somewhere now. How much of his form was down to him or the squad is hard to say, as I haven't seen many games since the new year. Lucky, lucky Benny. Martin Crook says, torn in some respects. He inherited a team that was on the slide and with injuries on paper. Should have been good. Recruitment, the biggest issue. That said, we deteriorated in every sense. I wouldn't have backed him in a transfer window. Ian Wilmer says, weirdly not bothered or concerned. Doesn't help my interest as waned massively this season. But I hope the next appointment is done and is allowed time over the summer. Uh, Martin says, unbelievable. George says, there's no clear direction. All the talk, 
but obviously there is no direction. Sandro is the problem and with having to build this identity. His model does not work in League 2, maybe in League 1. He's the problem. Rich Harris says, concerning that it takes so long to make an appointment and they decide pretty quickly that they've got it wrong. Can we trust them to get the next one right? Very average squad assembled and pretty ordinary January since suggests that they don't know what they're doing. Sam Sam Mendoza says, given the shambolic squad and no time to sign anyone of note, it's a stupid decision, in my opinion. Dean Glasgow says, absolute shambles. Matt says, concerned that it's about budget instead of results. Wonder if he's actually walked. Next appointment is crucial, especially the timing of this. And we'll finish with Andy, who says, I've nothing witty to say. It's just exasperating. It's great the club is safe, but this is amateur hour and it's running on a bit. It's, it's, it's another little bit of division, but I think everyone's going to move on eventually, aren't they? Yeah, as you said earlier, not sat here, seething from the mouth, angry. It's just that kind of sense of, oh, bloody Swindon town. Like, what are you doing to me? Yeah, here we are. And I do enjoy the managerial merry-go-round, but that might take a couple of days to sort of rev up, I guess. Um, if the club have learned anything, it's going to be snappy, right? Yeah. Uh, albeit we said that after Lindsay went. Yeah, I know, and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fall for it again. I, I genuinely, genuinely don't think it's going to take long this one unless they're being rejected which is what happened last time and the time before that but <laughs> but uh, it's it's an area where i'm i'm going to be optimistic and, and and assume that they've they've got irons in the fire i mean if it's dave artel i mean fair play to him because i'd tell them where to go <laughs> yeah you'd think there'd be this kind of personal pride versus how much you need a job isn't it and i think outwardly Swindon Town should still be an attractive fourth-tier job. And, you know, in terms of out-of-work managers, you know, most of the out-of-work managers we're looking at will now have had a failure somewhere. So, you know, Michael Flynn, for example, the the Warsaw job hasn't gone swimmingly, but did a fine, fine job over a number of years at Newport. I've seen a couple of ex-Oxford managers mentioned, Carl Robinson, I won't comment any further there. Um, Michael Appleton, who could yet be quite good, um, but I doubt it. <laughs> Should we just bring Carl Robinson in just for the fun? Oh, my God. I mean, it's a, it's a homecoming, <laughs> right? Because he was a Swindon under-16 yeah. until he broke his leg. He'd um, love it. He'd love it. His CV's already in. <laughs> well, it's local. Absolutely right? yeah. convinced. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, part of me kind of thinks Artel... Might be the bit of steady we need. He probably was the bit of steady we needed back in, in January, to be fair. Frankly, if someone really, really wants this job, that's a big tick before we do anything. Um, <laughs> I think part of the problem with Morris is actually, as we've said from quite early on, he's cut a figure who maybe doesn't want this job. But to to what a couple of people have said in the listeners' contributions, you know, did Morris not do his own due, due diligence? Did he not speak to a few people he knew? Where do they train? What's it like? I'm going to watch a few games on iFollow. Yeah, even some of his comments recently about Anton Dorzak. He's not, yeah, crazy. He's not really seen him. Crazy. Um, yeah, insane. Well, that's your job, right? Get the under-18s tapes out. We're just about to give this guy a two-and-a-half-year contract. 
and I know you can say technical director does all that all that jazz and you've got an academy director in Jamie Russell so fair enough but it didn't strike me as a man who was all over his shit put it that way um this has gone on much longer than 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 I expected as usual as usual <laughs> but here we are again this is I think our seventh head coach or manager to leave under the low strangers watch maybe we're responsible but here's to yet another interesting exciting few days where people will be checking for updates and not doing their jobs probably but Hey, I won't be one of them. I'm going to turn my phone off. I, I can't be. <laughs> Come on, man. This has got to stop, hasn't it? <laughs> uh, I'll see you tomorrow night for Welcome, Carl Robinson. Uh, I'll see you there. Thank you very much, Dan. Cheers, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.